Let's see. Here we go. This episode is just going to be called the one where Jim dies. The one where we, the one where we lose Jim. I'm sorry, Jim. Jim's dead. <laughs> we we lost him all those episodes ago, and uh, David needs to carry on. So show, hey. Please stand by for a word from our sponsor. Attention, new Calvinists. If you or a loved one own the ESV Study Bible or ESV Study Bible Large Print Edition and receive medical treatment due to injuries sustained while reading or carrying it, you may be entitled to compensation. Call us at 707-99-TULIP right now. Eligible injuries include lower back pain, arthritis, upper back pain, numb lower extremities while holding the Bible on your lap, headaches sustained from the Bible falling on your head, and possibly more. Please call 707-99-TULIP now for a free and confidential consultation. Introducing a game show that literally no one was asking for. (laughs) This is Purgatory. Here is today's contestant, a sales associate from Spokane, Washington, Jim Briggs. And now, here is the host of Purgatory, David McCookie. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the show. Why don't you tell our studio audience and the audience listening at home a little about yourself? Uh, All right. Um, So uh, I'm Jim and I was a state champion in Horseshoe back in 98. Other than that, um, I don't have any friends and uh, I'm I'm so alone. I'm so very alone. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let's see what... Why won't anyone love me? I don't... Am I such a monster? (laughs) Am I? Why won't you understand? I also collect grass clippings from the states I travel to in my free time, and no one seems to care. So I have that going for me. But I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Let's see if we can get you some friends with ho- this show. I horseshoe. You, you, yeah. I was really good at it back in '98, and I'm alone. All, all right, Jim. <laughs> Where do we get these guys? All right, Jim, let's get started. I'm going to present you with the name of either a church or a gym. That's Jim as in Nasium, not Jim as in Briggs. All right. And you will need to guess which one it is. I should also note that you will not need to give your answer in the form of a question. We've had a number of misunderstandings on that front, and that seems completely inexplicable to me. All right. In some cases, I should note that I have removed the word church, CrossFit, or gym from the title of the entity. Right. To make it uh, challenging. Well, and I, I had to do this because some of the gyms and churches that I had picked back when I originally thought of this game yeah. has a- have actually added the clarifying noun to their name. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably because of the exact confusion that serves as the premise of this game show. Okay. So we're, we're no longer relevant, basically. All the churches have changed their names. No, the only people that's relevant is that relevant magazine people. Ah, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Ah, uh, I think they're still. I think they're still. Relevant. They're still around. Yeah. Um. Now, one at a time. You will be okay. asked about four entities total. Okay. Okay. So we'll go through them one at a time. But you're going to get four four shots at this. Okay. And a game show is not fun without stakes. So you should know that if you fail to get at least two uh-huh. questions correct, you will be required to post a four or more paragraph scholarly defense of Fireball Whiskey to your Facebook wall and to the Facebook group, The Reformed Pub. Oh, boy. Stakes are high, Jim. The stakes have all of a sudden gotten really high. <laughs> um, I told this to Sarah last Higher night. Higher than the mountains in Wyoming. Loud. I would talk about the mountains in Wyoming, but you wouldn't care, would you, David? 
There are mountains in Wyoming. We're going to talk about that. Wait, keep going. So I'm ready. I'm very nervous, but I'm ready. All right, Jim. You know the rules. You know the lifelines. Let's play Purgatory. All right. Here is your first question. And one at a time, right? So you're going to mention one and I can think about it? Yep. Or are you just going to make this... Okay, all right. No, no. I, I wouldn't make this like... Uh, so much is at stake and so yeah, much is on the line. There's a lot to keep track of. That's, so that's like eight to... total entities. All right. Well, four entities and two options each. I have no idea what you're just saying, so you're going to have to help me. Keep going. First question. And again, you don't need to answer in the form of a question. All right. Is Ironworks a church or a gym? Huh. Audience, studio audience, we're going to need you to be quiet. Uh, no shouting out answers. This this show does not have lifelines. Okay. They're all they're all just sitting there staring at me. Quiet. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. never this quiet. So Ironworks, <laughs> is it a church? Or is it a CrossFit gym? Man, that could easily be a CrossFit gym. Easily. And it could easily be a church name because it doesn't make any sense and it's not relevant to anything churchy. Mm. So perfect mm. name for a church, right? Are you sure it's not relevant because to anything Because if someone churchy? heard if someone well, yeah, okay. Sharpening iron with iron. No, irons of, of be more like a men's group, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Ironworks men's group. Uh okay. So I'm gonna go ahead and listeners, say listeners, that's free. You can you can use that one. I'm gonna go ahead and say Ironworks is a church. I think it's a church. You got it. Yeah. You have won. Less of a chance of having to post a scholarly okay. defensive fireball. Let me go ahead and take a shot of that stuff. Woo! Okay. All right. Is immense a church? Oh, come on. Or a gym? Oh. <laughs> if it's a church. <laughs> so, I mean, realistically, if this church existed, it would be called immense church. Is that what you said at the beginning? That uh, some of these what entities, I said was that some of them some I of removed them. the name the the part like, of the okay, name yeah, yeah, yeah. That identifies it yeah immense church <laughs> it's probably really small too or it could be immense Presbyterian oh what immense a, Lutheran immense <laughs> immense OPC church immense first immense, immense church OPC of church Spokane. on Ninth Street um, I'm gonna go ahead and say that's a CrossFit gym. I'm so disappointed. It's a church. You're not gonna have to write. A Please don't tell me it's a review. church. Because that was also correct. So you got oh, two out of four okay. correct. Do we need? Do we even need to keep going? Let's keep going. I want right. to hear these. All right. I'll just be faster. Question number three. All right. Is Blue House a church or a gym? Well, that's a church because it's dumb. Keep and the verse, verse physiology tells me that that has to be a church. <laughs> right, David? It's a bit. Look at that. It's we got a, a bit. bit. We, got a, we got all of the, these bits that we have. Is so, that your final answer? That's my final answer. It's a, it's a gym oh, okay. in Portland. So all right, well, I was kind of cheating. I won't, uh, yeah, it's no big deal. All right, what's the fourth one? PDX first church what? or gym? PDX first. Okay, well that's a gym, which means it's a church. So it's a church. <laughs> Come on, give it to me. It, which, what, which which one are you? It's going a church. To? It's a church. Ah! <laughs> well, is that an acronym? Is that what that is? I have no idea. I just found it. PDX first. I think it's in Portland as well, or New York. Well, of course, it's in Portland. <laughs> Anyways, well, that was fun. That was fun. That was refreshing. I feel like a new man. It was less depressing than Hillsong or Justin Bieber. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting uh, game that we played there. That was torturous. It was a little torturous. No, I should say this game was yeah. named Purgatory because it is the <laughs> long period of suffering before the main course, which right. in Roman Catholic theology is heaven. And that's just deeply ironic in our case. <laughs> On that note, let's start the show. <laughs> 
podcast you're about to hear contains the histrionic and problematic conversations of a stodgy Presbyterian and a casserole-loving Baptist. Their interactions are volatile at times and unpleasant most of the time. In many nations, this is considered a mild form of torture. We strongly advise you to stop this nonsense and go do something useful with your life. Otherwise, if you insist on listening to this mess, welcome to the lightest form of flogging. As the deep voice man said, welcome to the lightest form of flogging podcast, episode 12, David. Am I right there? Don't smile at me when I do that because you, I feel like you're judging me. I was, I was literally just thinking, oh, I wonder what episode this is. This is episode 12. It is 12. Across from me is David McCookie, co-host of the lightest form of flogging podcast. I am the other co-host, Jim, and I'm here to make sure David doesn't scare any Baptists. Yes. <laughs> and why did you pick this topic? No, what a topic to pick. Uh, it's funny because like I, you had me write out some notes, some talking points, some ideas. I, I just went blank. You, I, don't, you, I don't know what to say today. You're like, man, this is going to be a rough one. I'm like, well, you picked the topic. Like what? Like I told you, rough. I told not mm. not because I'm scared, but because I don't feel qualified to talk about this. But we'll talk about it in well, our neither way. Do I, if it makes well, you feel any better, I know we'll talk about it in our way, and we'll just see what happens in our own. Yeah, in our own way. But before we talk about our main topic, Mark, to the tune of our own horn, we have some uh, housekeeping items to get to. So uh, why don't you? We have an iTunes review. Yes, yes, we're at twelve now. I think you should read this one. I'll read it if you can hand it to me. I'll. Uh, oh, son of a gun! You never okay? come prepared, Jim. I don't. Never come prepared. I don't. Usually, I come with things like, printed out. But I don't. I don't have anything. All right, are you ready to read the thing from Mr. Yeah, so, uh so we have a new uh, iTunes review worthy to be read on the show because of its quality. This is a quality review. Also, the person from whom it is from is uh, yeah, the most, noteworthy in the yeah, unlikely, Reformed community. Well, I would... Uh, just Let's not puff them up too much. The, the Reformed pub community? Yes, the, the, the community that no one cares about that we talk <laughs> about. But, uh, but I, I should say that he is... I did not expect him to remotely even like the show. No, I, I kind it, of figured that of would a guilty, get ki- you kicked out of the pub because yeah, he hated it. Or somehow Christianity. I mean, I don't know. He, I don't know how much. Kicked out of Christianity. Yeah, I don't know how much, much pull he has. But right, right. I was very surprised to see this man uh, somewhat enjoy our show. And he, his last name is Arsenal, so. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared already. Exactly. Yeah. So let's. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the review. And uh, this is pretty good. So <clears throat> uh, the, 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 the review title is called Disappointed Doesn't Even Start. Dot, dot, dot by user Reformed Arsenal. Here we go. This is easily the worst podcast I have ever heard. And I listened to this Synergist podcast for a while. Seriously. If you put two male stray cats in a sound booth with an open can of tuna and recorded it, it would merit more stars than this. In fact, consider my five stars to be a negative five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Negative five stars. Let's have iTunes add that function. Mm. Uh, we'll see where we and go. It's from just there. a one through ten, which would be a much better system. Oh right, one right, through right. three is good. One through five is terrible. One through ten is good. Okay, well, allow me to continue and ignore that. I will be sending you a bill for my time, Jim. David, I'm just disappointed. I'm not mad. No, sorry, I'm not. Not your phone. Just dis- okay. Sorry. <laughs> I will be sending. No. Tune in next week to hear Jim Briggs learn how to use an iPhone. Tune in next week to have Jim finish the review. Um. I will be sending you a bill for my time, Jim. David, I'm just disappointed. I'm not not mad, just disappointed. I'm both mad and disappointed. How come I have to pay? And he's just disappointed in you. He's sending me a bill. What did I do? I, uh... It's the new covenant thing, isn't it? I think it's clear that between the two of us, you make the more money. Uh, yeah, obviously. Well, it's in my contract. 
Well, thank you very much, Tony, for that uh, that review. That was inspiring. I feel like today's show is going to be that much better now that we've read it. Yes. Or who knows? Maybe this will be the last episode he likes. <laughs> well, hey, David, we also have, uh, we got our first listener email, huh? Hey. Yay! Although, boo. Boo, oh. Kyle. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's not treat Kyle that way. He's a loyal right. listener. I don't know. I kind of want to. I kind of want to kill him with with mind bullets. He sends me money. That's so this, telekinesis, Kyle. I'm going to have you handle this because this is your thing. Uh, okay. But okay. we're, we're going to respond to you, Kyle, on the air. Hope you don't mind. Oh yeah, yeah. David's I mean, going to explain. I that's what he was expecting. And David is going to explain his problems with you. Proton many, mail. I don't don't do that. Sorry, get, I was reading his handle. Don't get techie today. Okay. Okay. Do you want me Thus to read some this? of them? Go over my head. If you want to. Do you have it printed? I have it printed. Oh, by all means. Okay. You well, should be the chief reader in chief. Let me Okay. Let let me do this, Kyle. Just 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 go sit down. Go sit down, David. Go to the bathroom. Go go make some food. Go make some toast. Go make me toast. <laughs> do you want toast? David is just sitting over there like with this look on his face. I don't know what to do. Why am I why am I here? Um so uh Kyle's email reads as follows. Found the show recently and I'm enjoying your guys' chemistry. I am familiar with the terms you guys use to varying degrees. Thus some of them go over my head. I'd be interested if you ever have come across a good primer article, book, blog, etc. that may survey a broad scope of them. Second paragraph. But more pressingly for myself, I'm wondering what kind of resources you follow. In regards to books, I have plenty of solid choices on my list. But in, but in regards to articles or blogs, I fall back to TGC, Gospel Coalition, and Desiring God, but find their articles to be increasingly shallow. Do you have any suggestions for others' content to follow? So, there's the email. We have uh, some things to tell Kyle. Do you want to do your thing first? Oh, I mean, I, uh, I, uh, I, no, I think you should do your thing first. Okay. Well, well, Kyle, I don't have much for you. Um, I will say that, um, I don't live much of a reformed life online. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I too pretty much am limited to whatever desiring God publishes or the gospel coalition. You still um, read those sites? I don't read gospel coalition anymore. Cause I'm just kind of tired of them. I'm tired of both. I, read, I feel like it's always the same article over and yeah, over again. I, I, un, I, I don't know what you call it. Unlike them on Facebook. So I don't see their stuff in my feed anymore. Mm, dislike them. No, big. You dissed them. I dissed them. I disliked them. And uh, desiring God's not bad. I mean, I, I occasionally read stuff that, mm. that, that Piper says, peace be upon him. <laughs> Jim just did a cross sign. I didn't do a cross sign. A I just did stand. this. <laughs> Let the record show. But uh, but I will say, um, you, you mentioned that you have lots of books that you like, um, so you were hoping for other resources. Um, I enjoy monergism.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. a great resource uh, to get the... Because you mentioned you wanted to get the language. The, David and I use a lot of terms that you've not heard before. I would say go there, become... Like foot in a pie. Foot in a pie, two sets of books. Um, uh, also, disappointment. We use that word a lot. A lot. You're not going to find that on monogism.com, but monogism.com, we're going to put it in the show links, is a good place to start. Um, lots of stuff. You can spend all day there. Uh, I have spent days there, and um, um, it's been very beneficial to me. Books-wise, uh, to the first paragraph, um, you know, uh, to get a feel for anything reformed, a good place to start is R.C. Sproul, in my opinion. Holiness of God, Chosen by God. Mm -hmm. There's also a book mm -hmm. he wrote called Grace Unknown, which is a great introduction to just the basics of the Reformed faith. But basically, anything R.C. Sproul is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And that would be my recommendation. That's as simple as it gets for me. So what do you think, David? So uh, just kind of trying to analyze where Mr. Kyle is at. Uh, from his <laughs> email, it sounds like uh, yeah, if he's I, finding I I TGC right. and Desiring God shallow, 
uh, like maybe what you're looking for is like trying to learn more about the reformed reformed with a capital R confessional. Yeah. I don't know where he is. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing, but if you want to learn more about what I believe, I guess like Jim's answer is like, Oh, if you want to dive deeper into my stuff and a little bit of David's stuff, uh, but for, well, my stuff's good introductory. Your stuff is pretty like you're going to mention the purely Presbyterian and he's going to go there and he's going to get scared. It is. Yeah. But, uh, but, but for hardcore stuff, yeah, yeah. Purely Presbyterian is the is one of my favorite websites. Tony Arsenal's blog, uh, yeah, we just read his one. review. That's also a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't spend a lot of time on there, but I I trust Tony pretty pretty solidly. Although he makes fun of uh, Covenanters a good bit on his podcast, from what I understand. I trust him with my life, my life. <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry. then the uh, the book that the book that I would recommend because. Uh, you said you, uh, Kyle said he would like a kind of a broad overview yeah. of the, some of the terms that we use. Just, just uh, yeah, like Covenanter. Although this this wouldn't include Covenanter, but um, the book that I would recommend, I just I just uh, recommended this to my wife, and she started reading it, and she has really enjoyed it. It's called a uh, commentary on the Heidelberg Catechism. So the Heidelberg is the one that starts, "What is my own, what is my only comfort in life and death?" Um, or "What is your only comfort in life and in death?" Um, so he wrote a commentary on that same catechism, Zachary Arsinus. And the commentary, it's, it's, it's a lot like reading a systematic theology. It's probably about 900 pages printed. You can get it for free from monergism.com. But it is a really good introduction. It's very, very approachable. When you ask David for resources, he'll bring them to you. I, I don't know of like a 300 page introduction I mean, besides the Westminster standards. Like I could just say, go read the Westminster shorter and larger catechism. And that, that obviously would help. But if you're looking to go deeper, uh, I really, really recommend that resource. It's, it's split yeah. out into readings per Lord's day. So if you wanted mm-hmm. to just take it like a week at a time or a unit, it's, it's reasonably well parsed out for, for taking in, in doses. Although some weeks readings are much longer than others. So you might mm-hmm. want to look into that yourself. But anyway, I would start there before I start with Calvin. I would start there before I start yeah. with, uh, heavier uh reformed works I've, I've found for me it was very clarifying on some of the basics so mm-hmm. uh basics of the reformed faith that i thought i knew let's start with not. the basics yeah so mm-hmm. uh but the other thing to keep in mind is we're not a theology podcast that's right. not our thing yeah you you this was hard for us to do yeah i mean it wasn't hard for me to do in the sense that like i, mean, I, don't I think enjoy you, doing it i don't think i can go wrong with recommending rc sprawl with anybody i don't i don't feel unless nervous. you're talking about worship <laughs> okay what a what a what a well timed point. <laughs> Such a good point for this episode. Sorry, d- don't worry, Kyle. Just can, we're going to talk, and we'll get back to you, Kyle. So, David, no, I'm kidding. So, uh, but anyway, I hope uh, you're helpful. A couple points on this. So, yeah. thank you for your email, Kyle. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll link to the things that we mentioned yeah. in the show notes. Um, but again, we're fun. not. Uh, if you're if you're looking to ask us a question, other other listeners, we're not a theology podcast. Feel free, yeah. I guess, to ask a specific question to like me or Jim. Like, yeah. what do you specifically believe? But we're not gonna. We're not here to teach. That's well, just the only thing we're, we're experts in is silliness. So if you have a question in regards yeah. to silliness, send that to us. I was we'll, trained by the great Larry. We'll t- what? Larry of silly songs. Oh, okay. Is that a VeggieTales thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, dun dun do. Are you even a Christian? Maybe. Okay. I never saw that. <laughs> so, uh, but Whoa. in regards to emails, yeah, uh, you prefer stop. Vo- What's with this thing? I like emails. I, you want it? You want? Do you want to do the voicemail thing? Because it's just so much more fun to listen. to. I would to. love to do the voicemail thing. Well, okay. okay. So I have two reasons for hating emails. Right now, my inbox is at nineteen hundred, and all of the emails go to me. <laughs> oh, this is why. Uh, and I just hate. I hate 
like we could do a whole episode on email. Like I hate email. Oh, I think it's the worst they, form of communication. I, I told you, Jim, when we were getting, when we were texting about this, that I would prefer that our listeners hook us up to a car battery and shock us their message in Morse code. I really uh, don't like email. Str- you feel strongly about this. Kyle, this isn't about you. Kyle, don't worry. I don't know you. Uh, I, he, I, Kyle, I this kn- isn't about you. I know you don't like this it about when, email. when mom and dad fight, but just this isn't about you. This is about David. But what we have done <laughs> is set up a uh, a phone number that you can, can call. Now, this this is shared with another podcast, so you might want to make sure to mention that this is for the lightest form of flogging. Okay. Because I do use this for Helvetic as well, but we haven't gotten voicemails in there since... Well, the last one we got was like a year ago. And it 1987? Was, uh, well, it was a year ago, <laughs> and it was a guy trying to sell a 1987 Civic. I think you're confused. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, is this Craigslist? I have an 87 Civic. It's it green. really basically was, it was a car salesman like, hey, if you're still interested in that. <laughs> okay. It was definitely a wrong number. All anyway, right. our phone number for that is 707-99-TULIP. Guys, this is fun. Because you can just call this number and just screw around with us. It's true. And we'll make it. We'll put it we'll on the show. We'll probably play it. We're not going to play yeah. voicemail roulette like some other yeah. Uh, irresponsible podcasts. Oh, ooh, ooh, <coughs> ooh. let's not get any podcast wars. Okay. We okay. need all the help we can get. That's fair. Guys, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're still very sorry. Les Tanner, Jim, sorry. So anyway, that's 7799 Tulip or 7799-8547. Okay. That's our number. Pretty yeah. excited. Yeah. Give that number a call. Send us a voicemail. It's sort of like if somebody's trying to saw off your leg with an eraser. Right. Like sooner or later, you have to acknowledge that they're there (laughs) that was that was fantastic david okay so great okay so thank you kyle send in your voicemail we'll put some links into the show description and that will be that all right okay so the next point here i've got a lot going on right now on my computer so yeah so we got a follow-up segment here we need to address some things from last episode yes uh so last week i asked what the locus of your you, trip was this is so I meant you to tell us. this is so you i i didn't notice it i know because i'm stupid i'll bet tony arsenal did tony probably did hey i'm surprised he didn't message me yeah but uh but 98 like percent so of the people are, are aren't even gonna notice this i know whether you use locus or what tell us tell us so tell us i was asking what Latin the point was and i asked goal. what the location was yeah i'm gonna okay and you wanted to mention this today on today's follow-up. This was, is it was so going to be you. a brief point, but here's this the thing is, is so you. you know what's so you? You know what's so you? What's We're me? like a bad married couple. You yeah. know what's so you is, what? is making this more than just one point because now we've had dialogue about it. Yes, okay. That's your fault. Oh, all right. Uh, we did have... Uh, Sometimes listener. I don't know what you accuse me of, but I just assume that I did wrong. So at least I'm trying to be better. Yeah. I just don't know what to do. That's what Martin Luther did with Satan. Okay. Po- um, point two. <laughs> Point two, uh, we had listener Ben on the Slack. By the way, we have a Slack. Uh, you we can do. go to slack.techreformation.com to check that out. Uh, the or just click the, the link. Tech Reformation, or yeah, it's also in the in the show notes. So the problem is, I wasn't the only we one. Here. Sounded like being a pastor is a bad thing, and that you shouldn't yeah. want to do it unless you're already a pastor. Or yeah, nobody so, should be a pastor. So it was brought up that we were perhaps a bit more discouraging than we should be. We were too mean to dumb Jim. To, yeah, and 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 and. And in my defense, I don't really like dumb Jim very much. Right. So I may sound a little bit harsh when I talk about my former um, desires to be uh, a pastor. But but yeah, we certainly don't mean to be um, discouraging to people. 
to 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 young guys, old guys who are wanting to be pastors. We certainly don't want to do that. Um, we're we're speaking to our experience, and naturally, it's going to come off as perhaps some. Str- uh, we're going to probably use some strong words. I have used strong words when it comes to. Uh, people wanting to be a pastor. Uh, you know, uh, maybe what I'm really just trying to say is that it, it's a pretty serious thing. You called wanting to be a pastor vomit. I did? Yeah. I did Repeatedly. Not. I did not. Repeatedly. I said, I want to vomit. You could get off the pot. No, no, no. I said, I want to vomit. Uh, oh, but then we talked about returning to the vomit and the vomit in that context was you, uh, you wanting to be a pastor. Really, I'm just getting on your case. Yeah. I, and, and really, I am describing my experience and my experience alone. The Bible says if anyone desires to be an overseer, thing, he desires right? a noble thing. It also says that not many should become teachers because of the greater accounting that they are going to experience. And really, maybe I'm just focusing on that point, you know, ah, 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 because, uh, you know, I, I, in my experience, I went to school with a lot of guys and have been around a lot of guys that I don't think... Um, I don't think they quite know what they're getting into. If you want to be a pastor, you, it's essentially a call to die to yourself. And um, it's, it's a serious thing. And you're in a position that, if you fall, can cause great damage to the cause of Christ. Um, if that's true, then, um, you know, it's, so what? So, uh, so we're a little hard on people. So I'm a little hard on people that want to be a pastor. Fine. If you can withstand that, if you're truly called, then you can be a pastor. <laughs> if you but, want to be a pastor, you got to get through gym. you got to get through gym. But, uh, but you know what? I certainly don't want to, I don't want to discourage someone who is called and who should be a pastor because I want those guys up there. Yeah. Um, so, so I do, I, I am sorry if I've said strong things about it, but uh, just, just know that I'm, I'm speaking through my own experience and uh, you know, what are you pointing at? You're using my fidget spinner. No, it was over here. Oh, so yeah. This is mine. That's yours. Oh. Sorry. I, I was cleaning off my desk on Saturday. So, so there you go. That's what I wanted to say. Um, it's all warm and sweaty now. The person that brought up this criticism. Does it smell like bacon? I don't know. What's your, this is your house. This is your lair that you never leave. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the person that brought up this criticism, I've been dialoguing with privately and uh, we've, we've come to an understanding. So, so there you go. Yeah. And I guess my only, my only comment on this is really you wanting to be a pastor is between you and your pastor. Like, don't let us, like if, if you are talking to your pastors and your elders and they say that you're called, like don't let anything that we say on this show get in the way of that yeah. because that would be silly. We're a bunch of stupid radio co-hosts. And by a bunch, I mean a couple. That sounded weird. Yeah. Cut. <laughs> Line. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in. Uh, and then the, uh, the third point I have here is somebody did point out my, uh, my psych references last episode. I think I had one I barely get direct the, reference and one subtle reference. I barely get the ones from the office, so, even less so from Parks and Rec. And listeners, you do them every other sentence. Listeners, you should uh, try to get Jim to watch Psych. That's that's all I have. That's it. That's the follow up. Okay, maybe someday I'll watch that show. Do you want to get into the main topic? Let's do it. Hey, David. Um, now that everybody likes you, um, I think it's about time we talk about you know uh, a pretty serious distinctive that you have over there. Did I don't you? know. I'm feeling a little irregulative. Irregulative? No. <laughs> well, they, they they sell yogurts for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on, don't you get that joke? I did get it. Okay. I did get it. Yeah. No, it's about church culture. Yeah. So um, so it's time. We're going to talk today about the regulative principle of worship. 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We're 12 episodes in, so we can probably talk about this. It's okay to lose listeners now. Uh, not good to lose listeners on episode four, so we didn't talk about it then. That's when you need them the most is episode four. <laughs> That's when you need them the most. But now that you're all here. You got to have your momentum. It's like slingshotting yeah. around the sun. Now that you're locked in the room with us, uh, we're going to talk to you about the regular principle of worship. This is uh, this is definitely a David's episode. This is David's thing, and I'm going to try and dialogue. Oh, this is, this is your episode. It's mine too. I'm going to dialogue as best I can with you on this, uh, but this is something that you are passionate about. Uh, something that we all should be passionate about. Um, but uh, before we go any further, I think it's probably best, since we did have a, a guy email in saying, I'm not sure about the terms you use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. David, could you go ahead? Email and- is a form of communication. Would you stop the, the email? <laughs> I was defining the term. Oh, oh, you meant regulative print? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, our topic is email today. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I want you to define the regulative principle of worship because we, we, we will say that. And I think half the audience will have no idea what we're talking about. That's true. That's true. So could you go ahead and lightly define, great, <laughs> like gingerly define, like, 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 like the lightest like, form of definition. Like if you were in a meadow and you were right. frolicking in the flowers, how would you ref- define the regular principle of worship that way? Well, let me take that question, Jim, and turn it back around on you because <laughs> okay. I think that, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm doing that voice. Okay. <laughs> I think that the regulative principle is best defined. I think that the regulative principle is best defined in the context of the normative principle, because that's where a lot of people are coming from. Yeah, we'll let's so talk about that why too. why don't you just define briefly the normative so, principle? So um, let's just go ahead and say right away that the it's my contention, I think David would agree, that the... Um, the American church, for the most part, in terms of how they run uh, church service, uh, runs it from the context of the normative principle. So the normative principle is whatever is not commanded against, you are permitted to do. So essentially, if God didn't say not to do it, you can do it in worship. Yeah. So it's 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 it's, li- it's licensed to do quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Be- you can anything do that God said. Anything that that if God has not addressed it, right? If He has not commanded against it. Either, either specifically or generically, right? Like if God said that you are not allowed to use candles in your service, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. normative principles say, okay, we're not going to do candles. But if scripture doesn't say a thing about candles, the normative principle person would say, okay, we can do candles. Right. The, the, the canvas is wide open for all the right. things that you can do for the normative principle. So whatever is not commanded against, you can do. What, what it is that you offer to God as worship, where you say, okay, yeah. God, you are worthy of this. You have required it. Here it is. Here's Which is what we do during church, Lord's right. Day service. And, and also family right. worship and personal True. worship. But but our discussion is going to be limited to Sunday morning. Can we just say that? Uh, I You can limit it that way if you would like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you, will David. happily uh, concede to the terms of your episode. <laughs> this is, this my, is your episode. This, would you stop that? This is not my episode. So now that I've butchered the definition of normative principle... Uh, how about you define uh, the regular principle for us? Normative meaning there's lots of license, can do lots of things in the normative principle. The the, the well, freedom is the word that gets yeah, that gets tossed Christian around. Christian liberty to do whatever you want, well not whatever you want, but a lot of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finger painting to God, uh, candles, tambourine dancing. Although a lot of you know, this dance. Is, let, let me let me let me play good cop here okay. and say that a lot of normative principle people would say that. Wisdom plays a a role as sort of a guardrail in worship mm-hmm. that finger painting is probably not a wise thing to do in corporate worship, mm-hmm. for example, to use your limitation. Um, yeah, finger no, painting no people aren't libertines. You know? Right. Finger painting is probably not a wise thing to do. Motorcycle mm-hmm. jumps are probably not a wise thing to do because they distract from God mm-hmm. and put the focus on the finger painter. But could or the, be. Right. Under could the normative be, principle. It, they could, could be. be under the normative principle if they could be done without 
scripture causing too much distraction or because yeah. there are generic principles that, that God wants us is like mm-hmm. worship should be honoring to him. Is it mm-hmm. honoring to have somebody literally behave like a five-year-old up on, on stage? I mean, people will debate about whether people or not it that. is. People but, will debate that. But in that sense, the normative principle, it's not do whatever you want unless it's murder or, or, mm-hmm. or adultery or whatever on stage. Like it's not yeah. that there are, there are guiding principles that most normative yeah. principle churches have and where they draw the line varies from church to church. Yeah. I think normative people point to a passage in first Corinthians first or second Corinthians. I don't actually have it in front of me, but do whatever is edifying to the other. Right. You know, and and that's kind of a a maxim for normative people. I mean, that's in other words, that's their red line. Hopefully. Right. Is it edifying? uh, If this thing is not edifying, a normative principle would be regulated by that. And so some people are going to look at like fog machines, Mm -hmm. like fog machines. I know normative people are split on, like I know normative people who say, I, I think it's fine. I think that it can help with the experience. Think mm-hmm. about the the shroud and the the pillar of uh, the pillar of cloud in the Old Testament. Maybe that's what like maybe it's inspired by that. It certainly doesn't edify my asthma. But I also know normative people who say I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's wise, but I won't yeah, condemn. Wise. And then I know other pe- normative people who would say no, you can't do that. That's that's just silly. And maybe they don't have as much of a grounding for it. Yeah. Uh, but they they're still against it. And praise there, God. <laughs> there, there seems to be there seems to be freedom to make the decision. Right. To decide if it's edifying. Where or do isn't you fall it? on fog machines? No fog machines. No. Why? Um, well, uh, we'll get into kind of why a little bit later. This is your episode. <laughs> this is my episode. Um, you know, uh, uh, number one, it's silly. I think that's the first. By what standard? By what standard? The standard. Well, uh, even normative principle people seek to be. Hopefully, everyone wants to be regulated by scripture. The question is, how much freedom is there um, to uh, to decide if you want to use a fog machine or not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, there's no example of having to use something like a fog machine to augment uh, what we offer to God uh, from the New Testament. Besides the uh, the incense. The incense. Is there incense in the New Testament? In, in the Old Testament. Well, we're, we're in the we're New Covenant. Well, there's no instruments in the New Covenant. We're, we're just... Hey! Was that a trap? Was that was, I, was I that didn't that mean was? for it to be a trap, but then all of a um, sudden, so there's practical there's a practical concern. Uh, well, it's it's silly. It's not needed, um, and the, there's theologically it doesn't make sense. Um, there's no example of it in the New Testament. I would say uh, all those things together would forbid me or say or would prompt me to say there's no need for a fog machine in worship. But uh, all that being said, my reasons probably lean towards more it's silly mm-hmm. than. Obviously, there are no fog machines in the New Testament, so I could just say that, right? You know, um, but uh, but but you know, it's it's quite silly. Theologically I, speaking. I really want to get into because 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 I think about the reason why people are using fog machines. That's I'm very interested in why people use fog. Right. Not right. I'm less interested well, in why for people, the lasers. I, <laughs> it makes the lasers. More you cool. get the uh, turbidity in the atmosphere. You yeah. get to see the light. It does make the lasers a little bit more cool. Mm-hmm. The fog mm-hmm. machine. Um, but I'm more interested in also in why the freaking people, sharks. The freaking oh the fr- <laughs> lasers on their freaking heads. Actually, I've never seen that movie. I do not understand the reference. <laughs> I have many times. I'm more concerned about why people think they do need to use fog machines than mm-hmm. why someone thinks they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And th- when I hear those reasons, I immediately uh, am quite turned off and quite opposed. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's really only one reason why people use a fo- well, I guess two people reasons why people use fog machines and services. One, they think they're they're uh, simulating the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and, and number two is for ambiance. 
right. I don't need right. ambiance. Um, and, and number two, I don't think you can really assist the Holy Spirit. Not that I can tell. So let me let me really drill down into this because so I was really... this the only was this the only reason why you brought that up is to trap me into into no I just I want to understand your position better. I mean I know that's not what this episode. I'm about. going to I'm going to make you happy by the end of this episode. So just just relax, okay? <laughs> I'm not your enemy today. This is, what the heck? You know, this does is that this mean? is one reason why I didn't want to do this today. I'm terrified. I wanted now. to do this today, but I was thinking David is just going to use this as an opportunity to to use me as like his the regular principal punching bag. <laughs> Expose my errors so that your position looks better. All if right, you're here we, to do that today, I will sidebar, let you do it. <laughs> if it pleases Side, the court, sidebar. Sidebar, your honor. I like to ask people questions about their opinion before I give mine because yeah. it helps me inform how I present the information to them. Mm-hmm. I know what, what not to use, what to use. And it also, like, I just enjoy hearing what people think. That is something... Mm-hmm. I like hearing the way that people think. I like asking questions that don't just get okay, me what they believe, but how they believe it. Anyway... And people often take that as an assault on their position, mm, yeah. especially when I start asking them questions that maybe they especially haven't thought about, that much about. Yeah. Yeah. If so that's, thought it through. that's context for the questions that I'm asking you, okay. but you can decide if, if we should just get into, get into my position or, or if you want to answer these questions. So then do you have any other questions about, uh, so you use the word silly would, mm-hmm. would unwind in reference to fog machine. There is, there's lots of things in the Bible that if you're using human wisdom, you would call silly, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. very, at various times, God has commanded his people to do things that, that seem silly marching around a wall seven mm-hmm. times. Right. Um, yeah. So could unwise be a better word because it's a Bible word would like, I guess no. silly doesn't seem like grounds for not doing something. Well, I mean, it's an inadequate word. Right. I mean, I kind of use that word because it's funny. So uh, here, here's a question. So unwise. Uh, well, no, I, I think I'm willing to say that it, it, it's 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 kind of an abomination to use something like that. So this this is my question: is like, and I know by what, what standard? It, well, I kind of already answered that for you. My answer wasn't because I think it's silly. Right. My answer was, uh, well, if if it's used for ambiance purposes, uh-huh. I'm okay with just saying it's silly. It's just it's just not needed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, but you can do it. Like it's silly yeah, and it's not needed, but yeah. you can do it and it's not sin. I just sin. wouldn't go to the church and I would move on with So my you're day. being divisive over something that's not sin. Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Okay. But I think it is sin because um theologically speaking, <laughs> would you stop? I'm sorry. Theologically speaking, um, it's used to to represent symbolically the Holy Spirit. What if the church isn't doing that? Well, if it isn't doing that, then um I would say that that the the new the, the example of how uh, the the New Testament has kind of given us what a church service should look like mm-hmm. and what we should be focusing on. Hmm. And you sound a little machine, regulative, right? Now. F- I know. Just well, a skosh. What I'm saying is, this is a preview of things to come. Oh, okay. So I'm not actually interviewing not, like a, a no. legit, a born and raised, diehard, no, no lies, no, I don't, uh, I don't normative principle. Guy. I don't adhere to the normative principle of worship. Well, all right. Well, all right. You thought I was. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. This is why I'm asking you questions. Well, I want to get to it. To me, there is a theological reason for not using a fog machine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the hard and fast one is if you're using it to represent the Holy Spirit, that is just it's it, theologically it's an insult to God. Mm-hmm. That reason is is it's that isn't that's not the silly kind of part that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's silly, but I mean it's kind of serious. You know, you're you're kind of you're 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 on ground that you don't realize is, is pretty shaky, 
you don't even know it to be. And sometimes the people say that they're, it's not just representing the Holy Spirit. Some people are saying it actually is the Holy Spirit, and they're trying to fool their church members into thinking that it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's probably rare. That's only Bethel stuff. But if you're using it to symbolize the Holy Spirit, um, I, I don't think the the New Testament is really your friend um, in uh, in supporting that. Um, also, for just just for ambiance purposes, mm-hmm. um, I don't think church needs ambiance. Because I don't think uh, Paul is saying that you should add, and Paul never told the Corinthian church you should add all these things for ambiance to the church. He just focused on other things. And by implication, and what I'm thinking is, okay, we don't really, we shouldn't really care too much about ambiance. We should be caring about this thing instead, the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Why not so, both? Well, sure, both. Yeah. Um, what do you mean both? Why not ambiance and like? I mean, do you need to spend all your all all every every ounce of your energy focused on the glory of God? Can't you put one percent into ambiance? Sure. You know, you have chairs and you know, maybe have some nice upholstery on them. So what if somebody, you know, I mean, the, the fog machine but was the, free, it was donated. The well, Sure. <laughs> the, the the church went to the regular principal, so they donated their fog machine. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, ad idea. Yeah. Well, see, well, there, 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 there are two things I'm getting at. One is just personal gym, gym personally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't need a fog machine in church. Right. Because it's just, it just seems unnecessary. It seems unwise. I don't, I don't need chairs in church. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, think, I think I might need chairs. But I think there's a theological argument to be made against you. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And practically speaking, um, uh, you know, if I seek to be regulated by the New Testament, um, I don't think I could, I could put forth fog machine as a viable option. Interesting. No, I'm not normative principle though. Right. Right. Okay. I don't, I don't Keep know. Keep that in mind. This episode is not going to work because now we, we agree too much. You should have told me that. Well, I didn't. Uh, you should have told me that. This is about you talking about the regular principle, which you were refusing to do, by the way. You well, I was like, asking you some questions. Okay. I gave you I gave you an out. It's your episode. You could have just said, no, we're talking about you. It is my episode. <laughs> I should have just talked about me. Well, I didn't really have much stuff for me to talk about. Right. I wanted to talk. When I, when I say it's your episode, I mean, you're the you're the driving force. You are yeah. the the, the yeah. tiny rudder on the giant. I did. On, on the butt and of the, the giant uh, ship that is this episode. The butt of the giant ship. Well, that uh, that that ship. Um, with the uh, with the with the anchor and the the sails and and the rudder, um, asked you a question and you what still was my have, question. Could you define the regular? <laughs> oh, that was like, like forty five minutes ago. What I know. Do you want from me? I like how you say, Jim. This is your episode. You're supposed to be asking the questions. Well, David, if you rewind the show forty five <laughs> minutes ago, I might even play it with a harp sound. I want you to define the regular principle of worship because we we we'll say that. And I think half the audience will have no idea what we're talking about. That's true. That's true. So could you go ahead and lightly define, great, <laughs> like gingerly define, like... Like like, like the lightest like, form of definition. Like if you were in a meadow and you right. were frolicking in the flowers, how would you ref- define the regular principle of worship that way? Now you have to. Um, With uh, skills like that. But, uh, but I guess for my part, to summarize all that stuff that I said, I think normative principle is the default position in the majority of the American church. Hmm. Whatever's not commanded free to do it. Mm-hmm. There are some, there are some guidelines, you know, if it's not edifying to somebody else, hope, please stop. Mm-hmm. An order principle can have that check and balance uh, in uh, the church service. Right. Uh, but for the most part, that's, just, this is kind of what Americans do. Mm-hmm. And this is why that when the regular principle is defined or is uh, put forth, uh, they, they have bad reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad mm-hmm. because you have something to say about candles. Don't you? I do. Yeah. yeah that's kind um, of the thing. Yeah. There's lots of traditions that we've we've developed over the years in the American church. I mean, just off the top of my head, candles at Christmas Eve, electric uh, guitars, electric. What you, no, that's, we're not going to do instruments today. 
That's a separate issue. That's a, I mean, it's but a it's, tradition. It, but, but it, I'm just yeah. listing it. I'm just listing it. Yeah, music. How we do music. There's a lot of traditions in there. Right. Um, new uh, and old. Yeah, new and old. Um, I'm sure there are others too. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. but but there is another perspective out there. Or, yeah. Or, uh, why, don't, the, why don't you go ahead and define that? <laughs> I don't want to define it. You can only do regular principles. You can only do what is expressly commanded in scripture and nothing else. or, or what can be determined by good and necessary quant- consequence yeah. or approved historical example. All right. So uh, did, I approved, did I, did I, did I define that right? historical example by historical? Example. Yeah. I think that a lot of people will get a little bit confused. Isn't that non-regulative principally though? No, that the, like this, like, this like, is actually a big issue of, of confusion because Baptists will say to Presbyterians, well, you say you believe in the regular principle, but there's no explicit command in the Bible to baptize children. And that's that's a misunderstanding of yeah, yeah. what the regulative principle is. The regulative principle yeah. is best stated as we are only to do in worship or to offer to God as yeah. worship what he has commanded right. either by explicit command in scripture by good and necessary consequence. So for example, uh, you are allowed to breathe in between verses in the Psalms when you sing them, because <laughs> by good and necessary consequence, you can, you can breathe. Although that's more of a circumstance than it is. And you a, don't have to wear, you know, first century robes <laughs> and sandals. Well, it doesn't say to do that. So um, <laughs> that's also, well, and th- this is a, well, this well, is my a, point is, you know, uh, if someone, if someone just heard this, they could point out they, and they would go to a, a regular principle, a regular, how, how should I say this? A church service that is adheres to the regular principle of worship, uh-huh. and they could probably point out some things that. Well, I don't see. Why are you using microphones? Microphones right, right. are in the scripture. That's well, what this, you're getting at. So th- no, this is not what I'm getting at. Actually, okay. so okay. Sorry. we will get at that at okay. some point. Okay, like maybe around three thirty today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Time is flying. The 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 what I'm trying to say is there are some things in scripture that everybody does that we see as a good and necessary consequence from the scriptures, whether we know it or not. So, for example, women taking communion. There's no explicit command that women can take communion right, in the scriptures, yeah, right, yeah. but through good and necessary consequence, we conclude that they can and should, uh, yeah. Baptists and Presbyterians alike. Presbyterians would say there's good and necessary consequence. There's, there is a, a, it, it follows logically from what the scriptures teach that we mm-hmm. should baptize our, our children. Uh, mm-hmm. another example, um, I just forgot what the other example was. Well, I mean, to, to that point, this is good. The good and necessary consequence, um, idea is not, I don't think it's hard to understand for most people because that essentially is what you do. Um, like when you systematize, systematize theology, mm-hmm. you extract, you, you infer, you take things that are implicit and you form a doctrine out of it. Right. You because take, the, yeah. the, the New Testament, like I say the New Testament, though the Bible, a large portion of the Bible is not written like a theology handbook. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is through hermeneutics, extract a topical doctrine that is biblical. Right. So we kind of have a mechanism for doing something like, like you just um, described good mm-hmm. necessary consequence. Mm-hmm. We can do that already. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that. I just want to make that point. Yeah. And like I said, Baptists and Presbyterians alike will, will, will agree on these things. The, the issue that you were talking about is the difference between something that you are, that, that God is expecting as worship or something that you're offering to God as worship and something that is a circumstance of that. And, and what I mean by that is like a, a, a really easy example to parse here is uh, breathing between verses. Like you need to breathe, like just breathing in the service, right? You're listening to the sermon. The Bible doesn't say to breathe while you listen to the sermon. Are you allowed to? 
Yes, you are. Because if you could, if you didn't, you would die. Like there's some basic things. That is here quite that a are, angel dancing on the head of a pin kind of argument. People don't use that, do they? No, but I mean, people will argue. Well, you're wearing pants, aren't you? It's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. or you're wearing clothes in general, and yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean, we do that because like nobody nobody puts together or hopefully nobody is putting together their outfit for church saying i am putting together this this outfit as an act of worship to god and mm. these clothes are gods and i will be like nobody is you know i'm wearing white robes because i want this to be the yeah. godliest worshipful outfit that i can yeah. have no nobody does that people will put on their sunday best because they they recognize that like i don't want to wear my crappy clothes to the king i, I want to wear my best clothes to the king um, but that's, you know, that's like, yeah. that's the kind of showing respect that you do for a human. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, so to it, be theologically correct, you might as well come in dirty clothes though. Yeah. You but I, mean? I didn't expect to talk about clothing with you, but because I'm a Baptist, I've, right. I've seen this cause there's old guard Baptists that wear suits to church. Right. Then the young people just bring t-shirts and shorts. Rips, and what I'm saying is and- to go boldly to the throne of grace, you have to go dirty anyway. And, you know, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, I it's silly. I know, I know. But I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, but but you're right. It, it, the clothing. Right. It, r- r- clothing, seats, uh, a sound system. The sound yeah. system is not there. The guy who's running the soundboard isn't like, oh, I'm pressing the... Like, as, as he's, like, adjusting the slider on the some volume. Might. Like, okay, some might. I, I will grant you that. But, like, in a, yeah. in a Presbyterian church where the only reason the sound system is there is so that everybody can hear the pastor when he talks and when he yeah. leads worship, like, that is not... It's not an act of worship position. It's a convenience of the body. I'm I'm serving here. Uh, I'm really serving not at, not at God's pleasure. I'm not sliding this. I'm sliding this for the people because I want the people... And ultimately, it's for God, but it's it's in a more roundabout way. So, the difference that the that the reformers and the reformed would draw there is the difference between an element of worship that is something that we consider a part of our worship this is what we offer to god mm-hmm. and a, a circumstance of worship which is mm-hmm. to say something about you know it's cold so we wore coats or it's it or we turned on the heat or mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it's hard to stand for an hour and a half so we have seats or or what have you there there are okay. things that nobody's saying these seats are god's seats and we are offering them to god as we sit on them or or whatever we're gonna we're gonna sit in the in the god honoring posture or you know it's nothing like that. so so i want to i want to kind of get to the heart of this mm-hmm. um, you're mentioning some possible objections that people could bring to the regular principle well you were mentioning them i'm 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 responding i guess okay well let's get to some some serious ones because i i don't think in your experience, when you talk about this to people and they react negatively, they're not reacting negatively because you told them that, you know, we Can talked we about- pause? Can I pause? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say something because at the outset of this, the regulative principle, like, like you have said, this is something that people, when they hear about it, they raise their pitchforks yeah. uh, as an act of worship. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> okay. But I just, I want, I want anybody who is thinking about doing that to just bear with me and recognize that like, this is actually John MacArthur's position. I was surprised to hear that. Uh, like John MacArthur is a regulative principle guy. Now we, we disagree he and I on what the, this is also RC Sproul's position. Yeah. Uh, as so, stated. Yeah. I was just thinking like if, if you're to look at a, a, a Puritan service and then RC Sproul's service and then John MacArthur's service, we're probably looking at three different kinds of church services, aren't we? Right. We are, all but th- they all would profess to believe in the regulative principle. Yeah. 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 I, definitely. Um, so I guess the, the 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 argument here is not oh well they believe it therefore you should that's I mean MacArthur's a dispensationalist I I'm not a dispensationalist I'm not saying that because but what I'm saying is 
maybe it's not as crazy as it sounds. Like maybe yeah. it's not crazy. Maybe it's something that certainly actually not. a lot of smart people do believe this isn't just David or, or, or I guess Jim now, <laughs> but I want to get to the heart of it because I, 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 I want to get not about amplification and things like that, but, but Joe Schmo, American church, even jelly fish, Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's you talk about the regular principle and he reacts negatively. Mm-hmm. What you're advocating for shouldn't be too much of a shock to Joe Schmo. Because mm-hmm. what you're saying is we should be regulated by scripture. No one should disagree with that, but yet they do. I want to get at why. Why the negative reaction? Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So we've defined the regular principle. Can we just get through some of the things that a regular principle would have? Mm-hmm. A regular a person who adheres to the regular principle would have in church. There's mm-hmm. preaching of the word, there's prayer, there's reading of the word, mm-hmm. the practice of the sacraments, baptism and communion. communion. Um, and some other things like what? Here, there's the, oh, the singing of psalms. Singing of psalms. I wasn't smir- Oh my gosh. You, you were smirking. I saw it. <sighs> so don't even try it. If I was, I, I, my face was doing something okay. my mind didn't know. Well, what are the other things that I'm missing? Um, I think you covered basically all of them. I, covered the big I, ones. I mentioned the singing of psalms. Yeah, there's um, some smaller ones. Uh, religious oaths. What does the Westminster say? Yeah, Solemn that's oaths. not necessarily going to be. Yeah, I, I can I can give you that, but it's not. It's a, from it's your not article is what I'm trying to remember. But basically, we covered the big ones. Right. As long as those things are in your service, you are you are conducting a worship service on the Lord's day that adheres to the regular principle. Well, that excludes. Everything, Everything else. else, right? Apart from some things for goodness or consequence, you know, have a building, have four walls to protect you from the or, wind, or for yes, have necessary a roof from circumstances, the rain. yeah, yeah. Uh, have uh, maybe a lectern or a pulpit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the regular principle has to say about that. That's a place to put the book that you're preaching. Okay, from. so yeah. that's that's pretty simple, and that's pretty much it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so why does a person react so negatively to that? Why do you think? Because I, you were reluctant to talk about this today, and I understood why. Right. I, I, I didn't want to push this. Because some people get pretty, uh, pretty uh, um, animated mm-hmm. about this. When and is it? And, and let me just let me just say, I think it's is it because they're being told that some traditions that they believe are okay mm-hmm. um, may actually be at worst an abomination to God because the worship service, worship what we're offering to God, is forbidden. Maybe not expressly forbidden, but it's it's it's. It's it's not commanded in scripture. So if that's the case, then why are we thinking it's okay? Right. Is that kind of uh Yeah, I think like if you're if you're speaking broadly, but the reason why this or that particular tradition and let me let me also clarify, when I say tradition, I do not mean something that's old that we do. I mean something that a guy decided we're gonna do. Yeah. Some some guy who isn't Jesus said we're gonna do this. Yeah. Uh and I think that various people for various reasons have various emotional attachments to those things. So uh, some people are really, really attached to the hymns, like really, really Mm -hmm. attached to Come Thou Fount because it was the song yeah. that they sang at their father's funeral and it was the song and, and all of these, all of these and they reasons. And it's the that, traditional church position. They say, well, they've been singing hymns since. Right. You know, yeah. right. Which, you know, it kind of isn't, but okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they certainly haven't been singing Come Thou Fount that long. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. There are some songs that we've been singing for for uh, for four thousand years that I could point to, but <laughs> <laughs> nobody yes, wants to can. sing those. Well, we can talk about psalms if you want to. Um, well, we'll get into it. I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, but but yeah, I think like 
and I'm not saying that it's all wrapped up in, in human emotions for, for like, uh, altru- or, or, uh, nostalgic reasons. It could also be that this song speaks to me. It really deeply like, yeah. like, um, Oh, the blood of Jesus. It yeah. just really speaks And what's to, wrong with singing that in church, right? Right. Or an- another reason is like, I really love Jesus. And I feel like when, when we just sing the Psalms like that, we're not singing Jesus's name and that really, really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other arguments. I, I know people who their only their only practice as a musician is at church. So telling them that they can't have instruments, if yeah. one were to hold that as part of their regulative position, a regulative principal position, telling them that they can't have instruments is like telling them you're not allowed to be a musician anymore, which isn't true because they could join a local band. Uh, you know, they could practice on their own. They could do it with their family, but, but th- their only outlet right now as it stands is, is church music. Uh, for some people, it could be even be prideful. Like I really like being in front of people playing my instrument. Yeah. I, I hope that's like less than one percent. Helps me relive the old days. There you go. Yeah. Um. So and 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 I really don't want to trivialize these things because it, it could sound like that's what I'm doing, but but I don't want to do that because these things are really deep and meaningful, and it is it is important to your Christian walk that you believe some of the theology in these hymns that some regulative people would say you shouldn't be singing. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not saying that just because it's a, so let me, let me, let me get into this real quick. Some people uh, who hold the regulative principle would say that the only things that we should sing to God are Psalms. That is to say songs from the book of Psalms, mm-hmm. because that is all that God has commanded us to do. And there are God has complicated hymns or, or to be written songs. or to be sung. So man-made, man-made compositions to be written or to be sung. And there are complicated reasons why they believe that I, I happen to be one of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't want to get into defending that here. Yeah. Uh, what, what we're talking about is the visceral reaction against a position. like Yeah, that. yeah, definitely. There are also people who believe, and I, again, I'm, I'm one of them. There are also people who believe that instruments shouldn't be used in worship. And the reason for that is that the, the instruments commanded in the book of Psalms, they were not commanded to be played by every yeah. Joe Judahite. They were commanded to be play, pr- played by the Levites and the Levitical priesthood has, has passed. Calvin says that uh, instruments have no more place in worship than incense. Yeah. Uh, of course, some funny? people like incense. <laughs> there are a lot of Calvinists out there who use instruments in their church services, isn't there? Right. Which to you probably sounds pretty silly. Well, silly is the wrong word. Like you I, don't like that word silly. I, I love think, it. Like I think that instruments is one of the hardest. It's not a hard case to make. I think it's a clear case. But if you're just reading the Bible and you're you're not remembering in this verse what you learned 500 verses ago, then when you read the commands to play instruments in Psalms, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, so I understand why that is. And I think that's one of the more altruistic or, or, or reasonable motives that somebody could have for violating the regulative principle is like, well, it says it right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think when, when God, I don't, I, I, I don't have the specific passage in mind, but when God commands the Levites to use musical instruments, did he say only you? can use musical instruments or did he just say, I'm commanding you the Levites to use musical instruments? Uh, it would have been the latter, but the thing to keep in mind, but you're, but you're saying the implication, right? Is that only- well, because when he, when, when God, when, when God has David get the Levites together and, and train them on the instruments and all of that, the, this is just the regulative principle in action, right? God says, train these people to use instruments. Okay. Now in, in the, in the Psalms, we're going to have spots where the musicians come in, mm-hmm. right? The, the regular principle says, well, nobody can play them except the ones that God told to play them, mm-hmm. uh, except the musicians. 
so it's it's just the regulative principle taking place in the Old Testament, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, I was just I was just curious. Well, you're I, I'm tempted to talk about it, but we probably should move on. Um, so we've defined the regulative principle. We've talked a little bit about why people are sensitive. Can I can I take a, another sidebar here and yeah. just talk about why it matters? Because this is the other thing that comes up is like I don't think God really cares about about how we worship him. People will, people will tell me people like this. Say that. Why would we divide over this? Okay. Like what, what is, what is so important? Okay. So that's objection. And what you say to that, I guess the response that I would have to that is what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And the, the highest thing that we do as humans is worship God. That is the, the greatest thing that anybody can do because it is, it's just the greatest good that we can do because God is infinitely worthy uh, of worship. And in any, any lack of worship that we give him, whether that's lack of, uh, lack of genuine worship from our hearts or lack of uh, obedient worship in our outward actions, any, anything like that is the greatest crime in the universe. It, it has to be because God is so great. And th- this is why Calvin says that the two big problems with Rome were with how were, were with first how God is to be worshiped. And second, with how man is to be made right with God. And he put them in that order because what good is it from a cosmic perspective if everybody is saved, but nobody's worshiping God. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, like when you become a Calvinist, you go, Oh, like God's glory is more important than human salvation. And in in that sense, I think that caring a lot, not necessarily the regulative principle in, in this, in this sense, but caring a lot about making sure that God is being worshiped rightly by you and your church and your family is the logical conclusion to Calvinism. If you really care about the glory of God and, and you know, you might be willing to say, uh, let everybody who God wants to go to hell, go to hell for his glory. But are you willing to say, let my favorite worship song go to hell because I care more about God's glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reason that this matters is because it is, it is literally the most important thing in theology. It's more important than man's salvation, mm-hmm. which is really important by the way. What is due to God is more right. important than what is, what we get. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, not because God needs it, but because he deserves it. There's a difference here between needing and deserving. Yeah. We need salvation and that's why it's important. God deserves glory and that's why worship is important. Yeah, well, when you phrase it that way, I certainly can't disagree with that. That's, and John Piper's talked about this. He's talked about how missions exists because mm-hmm. worship doesn't. Missions exists to bring worship. And so the, the this is why it's so important because you have all these missionaries going out there and dying. Mm-hmm. But if they're dying and God isn't being rightly worshiped, then then they're just lives dying so that, you know, ultimately it's just man for man. That's pretty serious. So, um so I think, I mean, when you phrase it that way and, and people hear this and they go, well, I, 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 w- I want to do that. I, I want to give God what is due to him. I don't even, I don't care about what, what I want, but help me out with how do I decide what God wants? Mm-hmm. What is due to is God? It, is it the normative? How? Is it the regulative? And then once you get into you deciding know, cause, on cause, one, what know, is, what is required? Cause you know, listening to you, you know, I, I'm not disagreeing with really much of anything that you say, but I know that there are some presuppositions behind it. You are assuming some things and, well, a, and a normative person is assuming some other things right. that, that, that the heart of the assumption is I can do whatever is not commanded because I think God, obviously they have to think that God is okay with God it. God loves it. God wants it. God is yeah. honored by it. They yeah. have to think that. Exactly. Well, yeah, I don't and think anybody goes that's to their worship. Assumption. And if that's their assumption, you know, 
they're thinking, well, why am I being accused of crimes here? You know, I, right. I'm being accused of something really serious. Right. No, and, and let me be let me be super clear. Yeah. If you like maybe you have put a lot of thought into this and a lot of time into this. I'm not saying that that my argument just just earlier about about the priority of worship mm-hmm. That wasn't for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, the, I, I'm here. I'm that kind argument of, was just because I have to, had a lot of people tell me, I don't yeah. care about this. Yeah, I'm just trying to give voice to sure. an objection here, um, just just for the sake of our listeners, because that's what we do. We, we voice for, their we're, objections. We're here for you, listeners. Guys, stop recording. Just stop releasing episodes. <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying to give voice to a, an objection from a listener. We need to be regulated by our listeners' wants and needs here. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah. So, And, and I think... You seem to be a lot more sensitive to that assumption these days because I, you don't. I, I see you get fired up about things. I think you used to get fired up about this more than you do now. Mm. Hmm. Have you come to like? Because because you go to a church. You, I'm, boy, we're really. We're I really, do go to a church. We're really getting to it right now. You go to a church that uh, I, as far as I know, doesn't officially take a stance on the normative or regular principle of worship. I think our, our elders are split on it. Are split. Okay. Okay. And you, but you go to a church, you mm-hmm. feel strongly about these things. You can articulate the arguments very, very well. Mm-hmm. And you go to a church that, that, that doesn't adhere to it the way you do. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. It's a fair way to put it. Yeah. And you're still going there. Mm-hmm. So obviously you have come to some understanding that you're just going to have to coexist with people that are not following you on this. Right. Is that where you? Well, I don't are? want them to follow me. I want them to follow Paul. <laughs> follow Jesus. <laughs> well, right. I, th- I got you, I, but you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean. I mean, at this point, who don't I mean, agree with me? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so so how do you how do you approach that? I mean, are you still going to fight the fight? Yeah, I mean, this I mean, is how do you how do you proceed with this? You know, this is it's it, it is the reason the reason this episode is it, it took as long as it did getting into this is because I have had I've never had a friendship ruined by theology. But the closest I've ever come is, is, is on the, on issues of the regulator principle. What are we allowed to do in, in worship or, yeah. or issues of worship in general? And it's interesting to me because I recognize that the position that I hold is a complex one. Yeah. It's, it's not one that you are, it's, there's no single verse that says, don't sing Psalms, don't have instruments and uh, only do what God says in worship. Yeah, it would be simpler. It, honestly, way. there's not even a verse that really clearly in itself defines what worship is. Right. Uh, or maybe there right. is, but it's not. It's not as clear as 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 I'd like it to be in order to win arguments. Because the Bible, like <laughs> we mentioned before, the Bible is not written like. Well, the parts easy, of it are, but yeah, parts of it are, but as a whole. Um. So, but so so for me, I've had to recognize, and I, like I don't think I've ever been the like. I've never gone to our pastors or gone to congregants and said, I don't think you should be doing this. Like that's never been my thing. Um, right. Yeah. And my approach has usually been on issues like this where I disagree. It's usually, Oh, I believe differently. I'd love to talk about it. If you're interested, I'd love to keep my mouth shut. If you're not, that's all, that's my approach on most things. And then when people ask me questions, I answer them on the regulative principle. I've found that my position has had to be more like, just keep your mouth shut unless it pretty much explicitly comes up and somebody who ha- heard about it from somebody yeah. asks me about it, just keep my mouth shut because I don't know of a position that is more, uh, that, 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 that receives a more visceral response yeah. than, than issues of, of worship. It shouldn't. 
Well, that's the funny thing is I'm the one. I'm shouldn't the one sitting all, here. Shouldn't we all want to only do the things that God has easily commanded us to do? Okay, we don't have to disagree about that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fight about it. We know that He wants this. And why shouldn't we be very careful? You're saying that would promote unity. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, it does. That wasn't really what I was getting. Okay, at. go ahead. What I'm just saying is, a flag we can all fly. This is one of those things. I don't think. I don't think we can. I think that people who this this is what's interesting to me is when I sit here holding the regular principle, I would say God says don't do that. Okay, and I care about it because God cares about it. And I don't want to care about it more than God cares about it. I don't want to care about it in ways that God doesn't care about it. And I don't want to care about it in ways that God hasn't told me to care about it. Uh, well, that was epic. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, it is not my place to regulate our church's worship. It yeah. just isn't. That hasn't been You're given to me. You're saying that God has, and here it is. Right. I'm saying that God has, and here it is, but I'm not, like, it's not my place to go nail 95 theses on okay. our door. Okay, like, I got you. I got what you're saying. Not that it wasn't Luther's. Like Luther was actually an academic, and that was the thing that academics did back in the day. Um, but it's not my place. I'm I'm Joe Layperson. I'm I'm David Layperson. Yeah. And and so for me, like I'd love to encourage people, and especially I'd love to encourage psalm singing in any way that I can. You know, if somebody's uh, like learned how to sing a psalm, I'd love to provide them with more resources, that sort of thing. But I'm just a I'm just a guy. Like that's all that I am. And so for me, when I hear people say things that I disagree with in worship, I'm just, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because it's not, it is not my place to, to fight that battle. If I were a pastor, absolutely. I'd be fighting that battle, but slowly. So as not to cause division, most likely. Um, but what's interesting to me is some people, they get a whiff of, uh, they get a whiff of my position and immediately the accusations come immediately. I'm the legalist. I need to stop. I, I didn't actually say anything. I don't know. Um, and <laughs> I, like, again, I'm not, I'm not painting all normative principle people this way, but I do find it to be really common. How, like you were saying, how much people care about this and how I've, like, I, like I said, I've almost lost friendships over this. And the, the argument, they, the argument I would make is God says this. The argument they would make is I like this. Well, uh, I prefer Maybe this, implicitly. Or this is important. I don't to know me. if they would put like here, here's no. They thing. wouldn't put it in those words. Here's my thing. I, I've always thought that whenever I ever heard the normative principle of worship defined, read or heard, mm-hmm. I just immediately think, "Oh, that doesn't sound right." <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound right at all. I, mean, I just get nervous when I hear it, and We're I don't think, get so much feedback from listeners who hold the normative principle now. Well, no. What I'm trying to say is, well, I, I'm, I'm certainly not here to, to fight against the normative principle. It's not what I set out to do. Um, it's not what any of us set out seemed, to do. Maybe All we can do is play the cards we're given. Maybe we'll play the cards we're given. Um, but I, but I, I want to figure out what that aversion is coming from. Mm. Where, why is that? Is that a personality thing? Why aren't more people less hostile to the regular principle me, of worship? Let me ask you that. I'm trying to figure this out, and I don't know why people get so crazy about you saying something about... Um, I always go to the candles thing, because that's just the first thing that comes up. You don't care about candles. I just don't care about candles. Right. You don't care about candles. That's I why don't. I wait, don't. What if I told you you can't play drums? Well, I, I would have a th- I would have an argument against that because I, I, you think, have I argument, think your Levitical but, thing, and I kind of mentioned a little bit of a little bit about where my objection is coming from. Right. But I would have an answer to that. Right. No, and I but, I, I know that you would. Well, the reason I'm asking, it's I'm not but, asking. But we can you, talk about that. Like music, do you, do we need musical instruments in church? Like, do you have? Do you give a heck and care as a dog? I, I would do. Say I do because what I always thought 
modern day Christians should be doing is aligning their church service as close as they possibly can to the first century church. Uh And we have documents that help us get to that goal. And if I don't see a fog machine in that document, what about those documents? Well, the, the, the drums, I, I don't think drums were really, uh, they, they weren't around then. Like, like the, neither were fog machines. <laughs> neither were fog machines. But, but, but my thing is, a fog machine is a little bit different than, than, um, than, than a musical instrument. Because a musical instrument is, could, in theory, be in service to something that we are commanded to do, which is sing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's part of the practice of, 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 of music. It's, a music. it's just a tool. Mm-hmm. A fog machine is a little bit different. It's a tool, but it's a different kind of area. So what about an instrument that precludes you from singing? Like flute. Yeah, I would just say it's in service to this the song, you know. And I think back then, I mean they were, these were house churches. Some of them, you know, they couldn't I don't think they could be too loud because I mean <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like her churches under persecution could probably have to be a little bit low key. They met in houses for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um but 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 I don't think that um the, the musical instrument thing is a little bit different to me. But you know what? But, the, but David, I'm not going to get crazy about musical instruments. So this, this, this is, drums this is the question. Go, fine, this, I'll just sing. That was the question I was trying to get at. It's was no big like, deal. What if the... Regular, I'm not going to fight for it. Are there any things in worship that... I mean, let's take the strictest example of the regulative principle from the reform tradition that we can. Mm-hmm. No man-made compositions. You can't have any of your hymns or your, mm-hmm. or your modern worship songs. Only psalms, only voices. Like, do you have a... Are there, are there things there that you're attached to where you would be like, I would really miss this song or I would really miss the cello. Um, Jim, there's always room for cello. We're we, we talking about music. Well, I mean, or I, anything else. Uh, here's another thing. Responsive readings. I don't, I don't think responsive readings are biblical. Oh, so I, I do, if they're getting that from do not neglect the public reading of scripture, if that's what they're getting, that at, was to Timothy. He's an elder. They don't have to do what? Well, no. Well, why do you do that? Why do you guys do that? Why do we do what? It, it, if if it's to an elder, that doesn't mean it's exclusively to him. It just means you just happen to view a scripture or a passage where one guy was addressing another guy. That doesn't, it's not, what, what is the thing? A descriptive versus prescriptive? Is right, what, it's prescriptive to, it, I think it's, it's called a pastoral it's, epistle. It's, uh, well, nah. It's, so should we the, all the, bring the, the scrolls the pa- to Paul? The, 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 three, the three books did not call themselves the pastoral epistles. No, but they are there. <laughs> yeah. but, but is it descriptive or prescriptive? It Did is prescriptive. Right? Prescriptive. I think it's descriptive. I think you guys get that you mixed think up. A command is descriptive. No, Devote it, yourself. No, is we just got a snapshot of one guy telling another guy to do something. I think, well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to make hard determinations here. What I'm just saying is, hermeneutically speaking, mm-hmm. let's be careful about what is just descriptive versus because because you do this. Not you. I'm not. I'm not trying to accuse you, but you the, the, the great commission. <laughs> They do this with the Great Commission. It was uh-huh. only commanded to the apostles. Therefore, only the apostles have to do these things. And we don't have to. Or okay, at so least these days, it's restricted to pastors because the pastor is the closest thing we have to apostles. Yeah, I think, I only think, they evangelize. Stuff like that. You know, that, that's, that's, that's the descriptive versus prescriptive thing. And I think, hermeneutically speaking, that's a problem for me. Hmm. So, I think we need to be careful about if we see something, Paul telling something to Timothy... We can't just say, oh, that's, that's to an elder, so we can only do that. I don't think that's how we hermeneutically need to handle a passage like that. I think it is, unless there's other passages that come in and say, oh, but everybody should that. make that. it more clear. Right. So, so what I mean I is... I don't think the New Testament is written that way. That's kind of weird, because then we should all, we are all required to bring the scrolls to Paul. Well, well Paul's dead. 
Okay, to Paul's corpse. <laughs> see, there, there, see, that's that's the thing. You know, I I don't think the problem you just brought up is a legitimate problem. Yeah, I, I, th- there are other reasons why. Why did we why get on this? Are we talking about sculpture is, is restricted to the past? You know, we just, we just had a little thing. We did, and um, what we were originally saying was the uh, the passage that I think that is referring to doesn't say anything about responsive reading. Is that what you? Mentioned? Oh well, yeah, I guess we we agree on that. <laughs> yeah, it, it it doesn't. That's uh, you know, I I've never really thought of responsive reading as a problem, but uh, but I guess now that you bring it up, yeah, I guess it's something you could. So I, but th- this, this is the thing is you don't seem to give any, you don't give enough hecking concerns for, as Doggo would say, mm-hmm. for the visceral reaction to make sense to you. But imagine if, imagine if you did, I guess it like, imagine if you really, really loved the sound of the cello and kind of couldn't worship unless there yeah, was a cello. S- sorry to, to answer your question. Me personally, I'm not attached to it that right. much. I'd be okay with just singing right now, but I guess I need to kind of play the part here. I absolutely would, because to me, you're, and maybe this is how they think about it. You're telling me to get rid of something that God didn't tell me to get rid of. You know what maybe, I mean? Maybe. I maybe. I mean, well, I mean, that's one thing, but, but that's what, that's what we're arguing about. That's there, the funny there thing. There also, there, there also seems to be, I don't know. I, I didn't think about this too much in, pre- in preparing for this, but there, maybe there is like a new covenant reality that is different from the old covenant. That they think they're in, like in the new covenant, you're allowed some freedom, right? And, and I think that's an, I think that's a big oh, assumption. Oh yeah, I, I think that is a, if, a big if, argument. If that's the assumption, then that's where your visceral reaction comes from, because you're essentially saying no, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why you said it that way, but if that's if that's if that's a valid scriptural assumption, then you're just the legalist. But l- let me let I mean? me make this case right. Uh, let's say that our church uh, did insisted on on doing. Uh, baptism in grape juice. Ridiculous. But let's say that that was the case and I hadn't been baptized yet. Yeah. And I was convinced that baptism should definitely be done with water, not grape juice. Like, yeah. come on, that's sticky too. Yeah. Um, For me to say, no, I want to be baptized with water. Like the Bible yeah. says to, is for me to say, it, it's not being divisive. I'm saying, I want to do what, what the Bible wants to say. And I don't want to do your man-made thing. Right. Yeah. Anybody, when you, when you take the normative principle, you do have to recognize that there is a, there's a category difference because the normative principle doesn't just say we can do. It also says we have to do the things that God says to do. Yeah. They're, they're also right. Yeah. So we to have to have the preaching of the word. We can't yeah. replace that with, they don't disagree there with, uh, I don't know, uh, jet skiing. Um, we might be allowed to have jet skiing, but it can't replace the preaching of the word. Yeah. Um, fun church. huh? <laughs> so that's the, the, that's the PDX. Presbyterian Church in Portland. I'm sorry. Keep going. I don't know how to do that. I guess what I'm saying is people need to recognize that there is a, there is a distinction here. When you say, I really, really care about having this thing. I care that there be base. A lot of people care a lot about base. Yeah. I care that there be base and I won't go to a church that doesn't have base. Or I, if you're normative, I won't go to a church that has a fog machine. Well, Okay, let me let me let me just get to the yeah. things that they do have. Right. Uh, I won't go to a church that has a base. What you're saying is this thing that men do that God did not command is so important to me that I'm willing to divide with yeah. God's people over it. Yeah. So when David says I don't want to do this this thing because God didn't command it, what what I'm saying, hmm, what no, I'm saying is I'm right. exercising Christian good. liberty. Right. I'm saying God didn't say to do this, so I'm not going to do it. And I think that nobody should ever require any Christian to do anything that God didn't say to do. 
that's that's the definition of legalism yeah yeah that same person also needs to realize i think that just as a matter of of wisdom i i don't know how hard they need to come down on this particular issue that isn't even spoken of in scripture you mean the the because they they would say on one hand there's freedom so i can fight for it Mm -hmm. but on the other hand i mean it didn't seem to be that important to paul right and if that's the case that should give you a clue right as to whoa wait i shouldn't be going so hard on this right i don't know if that's a, something that a normative principle principle person would say mm-hmm. but i i would say if you are a normative principle you should be thinking about it that way too you know what i right. mean right because i mean if 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 this is just christian liberty and i have it and there's really nothing you can say Mm-hmm. apart from things that are expressly forbidden or just something that's just causing active harm to somebody. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, you have nothing to say if this is about Christian liberty. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if, if, if it doesn't seem to have, if, 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 the, if the Bible doesn't deem something very important, I'm going to go ahead and abandon that because I don't know what <laughs> I'm trying to say. If the Bible doesn't think a matter is important enough to speak to or to divide over, you shouldn't either. Right. Right. Like base. Or, and, 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 but, that, but this is the, the, the thing that I'm really driving at here is if you are a normative principle person, when Jesus attacks the Pharisees and says that they add traditions and they require people to follow them, if you're nor, if you're regulative, you, you, you think Jesus was just upset because they did them, that they, that they added them period. If you're a normative, you think that Jesus is upset because he did them and required, they did them and required others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm saying is, when we're talking about base and you won't go to the church because they don't have the base, mm-hmm. you're the Pharisee, not, not me yeah. for saying that I only want to do, you know, me personally, I'm only going to do what, what scripture says to do. Well, I, I just you also I mean? want to be clear. I have not made any cases for the regulative principle. No. I barely sort of made a case for like the, the prima facie acceptability of the possibility that somebody could be against instruments in worship. I haven't made a case against yeah. uh, man-made songs. I've just mentioned the positions. Yes, you have. And that's all that we've really done. So if you're looking for somebody to actually make the case, yeah. that hasn't happened here. So if you're sitting here like, oh, yeah. well, what about this? It's like, well, we didn't, we didn't argue with you. It's like, a, yeah, and it's not the point of our. We're discussing the, the 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 topics. We're not we're not trying to defend them. Yeah, and, I, and I'm discussing what because you, you might be sitting at home going, well, where does it in the Bible say the regulative principle? Well, the reason we haven't talked about this is because that's not what we set out to do. Yeah. Like, I haven't provided verses because I'm not trying to win a fight here. Yeah, and uh, I'm definitely not trying to critique really much of anything, but I will bring up something that I wanted to hear your thoughts on. Uh oh, you're probably wondering where I am, or maybe you're not. I, I am. I, I I have I wonder, questions in here for you. I, don't I wonder. I wonder too. I wanted to figure out where I was on this because when I hear when I when I read the definition of the normative principle, I just kind of had this look on my face of confusion. I'm just like, I don't want that. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim, why why is that? Mm-hmm. Is Jim here? Why am I talking about Jim as if he's? You're thinking of Jim as in Nasium. Each, <laughs> sure. Um, and I and I looked at the regular principle and I had a problem with it. So I'm thinking, well, what well, am I just here? I am the theological orphan again. Am I doing this to myself? Yes, David says, Jim, you are doing this to yourself. Um, I I have to wonder. I think I suspect that I would adhere and defend the regulative principle of worship, Jim Briggs, here today on episode 12. I think I am. I'm just really, really, really terrible at it. Hmm. Because when you talk to me about fog machines and I give you some answers, 
it sounds like, well, Jim, you're a regular principal guy. Or vaguely, yeah. Or vaguely, yeah. Just not very strong. It's, but it's but a little it's foggy. <laughs> <laughs> you're so happy with yourself. Um, and I kind of have to reckon. Only in that very precise moment. I have to reckon with that. I have to I have to make some concessions and admit some things. Well, you're either you're either on that on that front you're either a regulative principal. You either believe the regulative principle or you're a legalist. Whoa. I mean, with you the arguments a, that you made, that's that's yeah. what I mean is like there are people who who defend fog machines who aren't necessarily legalists, but like if you're just going to say well the the New Testament didn't say to do it, like yeah. the New Testament doesn't say to drink beer. Like what yeah. do you want? Like yeah, I know. And that's where that's where kind of I kind of fly in and go whoa 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 whoa. You know, there's a lot of other things that the the New Testament doesn't speak about, mm-hmm. but we come down on things. So I it comes with simple motivations. I'm a simple guy. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to I want I want to I want to do church the way Paul tells us to do church because what other documents do we have? To tell us how to do this little thing we call church, well, we have some. Well, the old right here. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to fight you on that. But, but, but. Okay, I have that. I have that motivation. I have that desire. Well, I'm already on the road to the regulative principle. Already, mm-hmm. I want to be regulated by the New Testament. I don't want to go places the New Testament doesn't go. Here's my, here's here's a, here's a question that I have, and and we're already way over late, but I want to ask you this anyway. The uh, example of Nahab and Abihu are brought up a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to this issue, mm-hmm. um, which is another another illustration of how much God cares about His worship. Again, right, whether right. you come down regulative or not, that's a really good example of God really cares about His yeah. worship. So these were sons of Aaron who who brought an unauthorized practice. They brought what was it? Strange fire. Strange fire. But but, but it, basically, they used a different incense than what God commanded. Yeah, there was they were supposed to do something and they didn't. And they thought no, they they were supposed to do something, and they did it a different way than they were committed. They did it a different way, and be, in the face of express, clear, drawn out instructions, do it this way. Yes, to do it this way, easy, right? Mm-hmm. That that's. I mean, if you're going to divert from that, it's going to be pretty obvious. Psalms, <laughs> um, hymns, and spiritual songs. But they went ahead and did. They brought their unauthorized fire. They brought their strange fire, and they, uh, as a punishment, they were consumed. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, pretty hardcore by fire. By fire, a pretty hardcore thing, right? Mm-hmm. What does that tell us? It tell us that they did something wrong, and um, and they were punished for it because God cares so much about it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2018. Um, someone advocates for silly fog machine in church. Mm-hmm. Scottish Covenanter. Just kidding. Um, the regular principal guy brings up Nahab and Abihu as a way to kind of shock them into thinking a little bit better about this. You know, you do realize this happened in Nahab and Abihu. They brought strange fire. Mm-hmm. A fog machine is considered strange fire by a lot of the regular guys, right? Yeah. But none I mean, of these if, guys are if, being... If you're using strange fire as shorthand for unauthorized worship, then yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Because it's not literally fire. It's actually fog, which is water. And I'm thinking... I hear this brought up a whole lot. And it's usually, a, it's, 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 it's a way to kind of shut things down. You know, it's a way to shock the other person to thinking you have no idea what you're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. The strange fire is a big deal, mm-hmm. but no one's being consumed in fire. One thing. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. I do, but keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, no one in Bethel has been consumed in a, no one's been vaporized in. I, I want to no let you, I, I, I want to actually respond to this, but I want you to finish your point. 
And I think there is a difference. Uh, I don't think it's, let me just say this. I think it's unfair to bring those guys up, to bring that example up. Mm-hmm. And this is why. Those instructions and commands for, I think at the time it was tabernacle proceedings, right? Mm-hmm. So it was in temple at the time. Same thing though. Uh, similar example. They had a clear manual as to what to do. Mm-hmm. Things were very laid out, very clear. Yes, great. Boom, I'm with you. Why do we assume that the rest of the Bible is written in that same way? We, I cannot point to a document or a passage of scripture that is the same as what Nahab and Abihu had access to at the time. But yet, why do we treat scriptural commands or scriptural passages about how a church should be run? Why do we treat those the same way as we do Nahab and Abihu's instructions. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because they're not written the same way. That portion of scripture was written like a handbook. Mm-hmm. Easy. But some scripture is narrative. It's a historical narrative. Yes, we have epistles, but those epistles were written by a guy to personally another church, a specific church in time. And it's a letter. It's not a handbook. He, he didn't write it like what Nahab and Abihu had. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm getting at? What I'm trying to say is I think that Regular principle of people approach scripture as if it was written like that, like it's written like a handbook. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think that's correct. Hmm. And if that's true, then we're interpreting scripture wrongly when it comes to the regular principle of worship. We're approaching it, literary genres have to be interpreted in a certain way, mm-hmm. different, dif- different from other literary genres. Mm-hmm. Epistles are the closest thing we have to instructional documents, but even that is not quite what Nahum and Abayu had. So why are we getting so crazy and saying the stri- that fire is going to come down and consume you for your unauthorized offering to God when, uh, one, it's not happening, and two, I mean, that's kind of an unfair accusation to make, you know? What mm-hmm. do you think about that? I just did a whole spiel. Okay. W- what do you think about that? Because the, the, the hermeneutical, it's a hermeneutical thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got into it about the per- prescriptive. Oh, I keep saying prescriptive it. versus descriptive. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big deal to me, and I, I don't see that addressed very well. Okay, uh, first the fire thing. Um, this is Deuteronomy twelve, starting in verse twenty nine. When the Lord your God cuts off, this is the ESV to make you happy. When the Lord your God <laughs> cuts off before you the nations whom you go into dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in your land, take care that you be not ensnared to follow after them after they have been destroyed before you and that you not inquire about their gods saying, how did these nations serve their gods that I may also do the same? You shall not worship the Lord, your God that way for every abominable thing that the Lord hates. They have done for their gods for they have even burnt their sons and daughters in fire to their gods. Everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take away from it. Okay, so this is Check. this is the text that that Presbyterians that, that that Reformed people use to defend one of the big one of the big texts because God says when you go into the land you're gonna you're gonna be tempted to worship like the nations, but don't do that. They worship in horrible ways. Mm-hmm. Don't worship like them. What I give you, don't depart to it to the left. Don't don't mm-hmm. go this way. Don't go that way. Just do what I tell you. Yeah. Meaning, like you're not free to stray from the path. Mm-hmm. Like this is the path. Walk in it. Don't. Don't add things. Don't take things away. Then why are the, the why are the commands for the new covenant people so drastically different than what they had? The, I think mm, 
Why is it so much more clear for them than for us? It is clear for us. We have the same scriptures. Well, they're not written the same way. Do you see what I'm getting? No, at? I mean we have the, this. This is in your Bible, Jim. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I read the same one you do, but right. you can't tell me that the Torah, the, the the style of instruction we get from the Torah, we get from Jude. No, but but I can't. Well, you can't tell some, me that we have to discard this. I didn't say you have to discard it. Right. So if it's still here, why do we need it again in the New Covenant? Then then, then perhaps there is a different way we should approach interpreting this. This passage right here? No, not Deuteronomy. That one's pretty. So easy. we keep this one. Yes. I, okay, I'm getting at the fire issue. I'll, I'll get at the okay. interpretive issue in a second. Okay. The fire issue is we do worship like the nations and our children are consumed. So you're saying judgment is, is, is coming. It's just, no, I'm saying that it happens. I mean, look yeah, at, yeah. Look okay, at Planned Parenthood. Yeah, right? I agree like, with you. Like our whole nation is just murdering their children in droves. Okay. Like if you, want, if you want physical corporeal punishment of our sins, just look to abortion. Okay. Abortion is the natural consequence. Like, like men killing men is the natural consequence to men dishonoring God. Okay. But the, the other side of this is that, uh, people really do go, go to hell too. And the, yeah. the old Testament was filled. Like when, when they were consumed, that was a corporeal example for the people at that time, much okay. like so much of them. So it's law. an example. It's an example, right? Okay. Gotcha. So we don't see examples anymore, but we do still see people, God sending people to hell because they never cared to worship him rightly. Right. And, and if you never care to worship God rightly, that's a very good sign that you're not saved. If, if you never care about it, I'm not saying if you don't hold the right letter of principle, I'm not saying if you don't, hold the, I'm care saying if you it. don't care about it, if you say, yeah. who cares how God is worshiped, I'm just glad I'm saved. That yeah. you're not saved, yeah, man. I, I don't want to be saying that, but um, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. Okay. I, I'm, I certainly am I'm with you on that. That's, that's a good answer. Okay. Uh, so the issue of the, of the hermeneutics, I guess like, is that a thing at all? Am I just out of left field? Because that is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why do we treat the, you agree that the Bible is not, well, most of it is not written like a handbook, but yet if I hear a regular principle guy talk about the regular principle, it seems to me that he thinks the Bible is a handbook. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, there are commands. There are, there are good necessary consequence observations that we make. Right. But I mean, like I mentioned many episodes ago, if I got 10 people in a room that, that adhered to the regular principle, pretty easy, yes or no thing, their, their church services look different. Mm-hmm. I think that's because the New Testament documents aren't as straightforward as they were for the tabernacle. You have to at least agree with that. They're different. Oh, oh I forget everything. They're different. Yes. <laughs> so then, if, hermeneutically speaking, you interpret them differently. Oh, I thought you meant that the services are different. Um, yeah, the scriptures are, they're, they're written in, in a different manner, in a different, uh, maybe a different genre or a different, uh, a different voice. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are hermeneutical rules that change when you extract something from an historical narrative versus an epistle versus an apocalyptic book. Right. Versus, um, I don't know what the Torah is considered. Is that uh, the... Po- Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, that would be uh, I don't well, know. That's, that's a mixture. mostly historical narrative, but but the instructions in Exodus and uh, Leviticus about tabernacle. right, they're like a legal code, pretty pretty straightforward, right? You interpret that differently than you right. would that you and you would find commands differently from that than you would from the Book of Revelation, right? You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. So let me sorry, let me I, take a stab at this. No, I appreciate that you clarified okay. because it was it was helpful for me. I think that there are two sides to when you're interpreting a passage. Uh, like two two guiding hermeneutical principles 
for the sake of this discussion. One is what genre is it? What is the, you know, what, what yeah. are all of these things? Yeah. And those are things that tend to be fairly fallible. And what I mean by that is like, we're not yeah. like, there's no, there's no, like, there's no handbook in the Bible <laughs> yeah, for on how, how to, to interpret different kinds of literature. You, yeah. But some things are very obvious. Like the locusts are probably not real locusts or are, are, are not like they're, they probably stand for something um, or they're not helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It depends on who you talk to. Okay. Let me, let me pick another example. But when Jesus says, I am the door, he's clearly being, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That's, that's, that's a poetic example or it's a, it's a metaphor, right? Yeah. And we have to yeah. interpret metaphors as metaphors. And some of these things are really obvious. Some of them are less obvious. Yeah. There's this other whole side though, uh, of, of hermeneutics that keeps us from accidentally taking our, uh, our literary studies too far. Mm-hmm. And that is the rest of scripture clarifying. Okay. So when I read, let's, let's use the example of devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, right? Okay. When I read that, I am trying to take into account, like, first of all, I know this wasn't written to everybody in the church in the sense that when Paul was writing this, he was not explicitly telling every person who claims to be a Christian or not. I mean, you could also broaden yeah. it to pagans. Yeah. He wasn't telling every person explicitly, everybody should devote themselves to the public reading of scripture. He just wasn't doing that. So wherever I go from here, it has to be guided by what you were saying, literary principles and also the rest of scripture. Okay. And I think what else do we have the, like the broad, the broad principle that you're saying is correct. That, that we do need to take into account that these were written in a different way, but that in itself isn't an argument against any one position that the regulative principle holders espouse. Okay. And so it's an important thing to keep in mind but when we start talking about that particular passage, I have lots of other passages where, where we see like what throughout scripture was the office of the person who, who read the scriptures out loud. Like who did God allow to speak on his behalf historically? And, and has God taken that really seriously? Like, and, and gotten really mad at the prophets who claim to speak in his name, but don't, even if they're saying things that are true. Yeah. Like what, what is the, what, you know, so you bring all of these things and you bring in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 12, where God is very explicit that he only wants us to do and worship what he's commanded. Yeah. And then you come to this passage and you say, you know, if I don't have a reason to believe that God, that, that Paul here is saying everybody, sh- every Christian should do yeah. this, then I can't read that into this text. I, I'd have to get it from somewhere else because Paul's just writing to Timothy or to, to Titus. Yeah. So, so where, oh, anyway. where else? In scripture, can we find clarity as to what office can read scripture publicly? Because that particular passage doesn't tell me only this office can do this. Right. right. Well, what so, is- so what I'm saying is, you know, that, that, that example can be brought up and just like that, boom, only pastors can do it. Well, that's. You cannot, That's not what you get out of that passage. What you get it, what you come to the passage with is nobody can read scripture publicly. And then you see pastors can read scripture publicly. Nobody can? What do you mean? Well, you wouldn't assume that anybody can read the scriptures publicly unless the Bible not says somebody can. Not necessarily. Well, if you're a regulated principal, then you would. Well, what, what, that, what, what, that, what that passage is saying is, one, it's obviously important to Paul mm-hmm. that Timothy do this. Mm-hmm. Two, Timothy should probably do this because Paul is telling him to do it. Right. And that's pretty much it. That you can say for sure is God, there's yeah. the Holy Spirit saying through Paul, only 
this office? Well, we don't know. We just no, see Paul. What I'm saying Timothy. is, in, until we see it applied to an office, we don't assume that anybody can do it. So, like, like what I'm trying to say is, your your principle is yeah, everybody right. can do it, and the passage isn't saying only only right. this it's, office can. It's regular principles speaking through you that's saying that, and I'm not right. Okay, right. So, th- I guess what we're what we're doing is we're coming to that text with different presupp- presuppositions. And Indeed. let me also be clear, like. There are worse things, the worst ways to violate the regulative principle than to have lots of people reading scripture. <laughs> like, I would sooner go to the church yeah. where scripture is read by lots of people. But it's a good example to bring up, right? You know, to 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 try and address my concern, which is, you know, what can we say for sure? And that that from also a, has from less a passage to do, of scripture. That know? has less to do with the regulative principle and more to do with reading scripture publicly is inherently saying, "Thus saith the Lord," and God has historically been really picky about who He wants to do that. True. And so if I'm going to get up and say, thus saith the Lord, which is what I do every time I read the scriptures, yeah. I'd better make sure that he's authorized me to do that. But isn't this the thing though? I mean, we, we, we're bringing up issues that that particular passage by itself doesn't speak to. We're bringing in, we're soliciting help from others. Like we're doing just, systematics. We're doing systematics. And the Bible doesn't systematize itself. Right. We have to. Right. There's some subjectivity in that. Mm. You're saying there's some rules. I think that I think that when you approach it, like if you can show it by way of syllogism, like that is objective reasoning. It, it is, you know, if, if you're saying with, as scripture with, says this and scripture says this, therefore this. As with every syllogism, though, the logic can be perfect. If you bring an incorrect presupposition, people might not even notice. Right, but that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess there is there is some there is some level of uh, of room for human error, but I mean, you can do that when you're just interpreting a text by itself. True. So a, a person who adheres to the regular principle comes to that passage and says some things along with the fact that this is what God commanded. Mm-hmm. And if you do something else, you're bringing strange fire. You're bringing unauthorized fire. You are essentially bringing some man-made traditions. You are saying that God's command is insufficient. All that other stuff, what I'm just, really my only concern is that's problematic to me because all I have is scripture here. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some things that it's, I disagree with some judgments that you're making about it. Not mm-hmm. you, but just you know the person who well, says me, yeah. <laughs> this, this command, this law, right. this eternal law of God principle that we get from this passage. I'm just saying, I don't know if you can go that far because I, this scripture is not saying what I think you're saying it is. Yeah. Well, and, and I would really agree that it, nobody can say that when Paul says to Timothy, devote do. yourself to this. Some guys do. And they get on other Christians for, you know, you and your man-made traditions well, well, no, I I, I agree with the position. I'm just saying it doesn't flow only from that passage. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm and I'm kind of I'm, scripture interprets scripture, and, and the Holy Spirit has given us that method. And of right. course, um, and I think th- there can be some clarity for that passage. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm just I guess I'm just kind of giving voice to a, a concern that I've had mm-hmm. about the regular principle, and um, it's something that I really want to. Uh, address and kind of figure out because hermeneutics is an important thing for me. It's a little Christian side hustle that I have. If there was a <laughs> discipline that I would devote myself to, it would Christian be that. Side hustle it's really interesting. The title. It's, it's really interesting to me. And uh, because of that, it's, it was, it's been a red flag for me this whole time. And, um, and, and talking to you about it, it's, it's, it's good for me to kind of feel that out. But uh, yeah, I, like you have a hermeneutical red flag and it is legitimate. The thing that I would, that I would say is, it's just like when an Arminian asks me, uh, well, what about the all people passages? Yeah. What about all the all passages? Another hermeneutical and, and thing. And I have to say, I can't answer that. 
like what I can tell you is that all gen- like does not always mean all to quote R.C. Sproul, yeah. but we have to talk about individual passages because you could throw back at me and say, well, it does mean all here. Yeah, yeah. Like we ha- we just have to talk about the individual doctrines and the individual passages. And your your principle is an important one to keep in mind. Yeah. But the question isn't is the principle valid? The question is is the principle that you're talking about where we're we're ignoring the context or the literary context. Yeah. The question is, is that a legitimate one or is, or is that one that, that would change yeah. and a given person's opinion on this particular doctrine from this particular passage? Yeah. Well, good thoughts. We are so late. My voice is really raw. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really, I enjoyed this discussion. This I hope good. that our listeners hate it almost as much as we loved it. It's going to be fun to uh, edit, to edit, but I look forward to it. Yeah. Thanks, well, What do you think, David? Is I, that think we should, uh, I think we should wrap things up. Let's, let's wrap this up. Okay, we're all done. Goodbye now. Bye. <laughs> I did that. Man, my voice. Ugh.